This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that has banned sandpaper from the studio. Oh, that's I'm, a bit soon, do you think? <laughs> I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Henry. G'day, Fools. Good to be with you. Today on the podcast, it's not cricket. It's just not. Scott is going to try and draw a line between the cricket scandal and investing, so I'm, I'm interested to see how you're going to do that. Uh, also, <laughs> the company tax changes. Uh, you know, what is that about? They what does almost it mean? got there. It almost didn't, got didn't there. Didn't quite get through Not farmer. quite at the end. And we're going to do some foolish mailbag today. We've got a whole bunch of questions that we need and want to get through, and we're going to take the time to do exactly that. Tell me there's some equine goodness. And if there's time, we've we've missed it for a few weeks, but uh, we're trying to bring back the high horse. I, and I have noticed the absolute deafening silence from our, our fans asking us to do more high horse. Have you noticed that? This is this is purely We a, haven't exactly been overcome with people. What they call a vanity project, my friend. And, <laughs> this yeah. entire podcast was the high horse. <laughs> no, yeah, actually, good point. <laughs> All right, so we're having brekkie this morning. Yes. And you say, oh, we've good got to talk too. about the cricket. Yeah. And I'm like, well... I, what was the name it? of the guy who was caught... Ball tampering? Uh, that's, that's not important. Okay. It's okay, not important. Okay. Um, <laughs> and my, my, I'm just so clueless when it comes to these things. But when it, when uh, my, my reaction was, well, how, what the hell has that got to do with money? This is the Triple M Motley Fool Money Podcast, money after podcast, all. So yes. I'm going to, I'm going to hop potato that to you, mate. Mate, it's like, the biggest story of the week. We had to talk about it. Well, what the hell was Steve Smith, Dave Warner, and Cameron Bancroft? That was the name you were looking for before. That's the one. What were they doing representing the national team? Mm-hmm. Bit of sandpaper in the pocket. Absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, they deserve totally. their ban just quietly. Yeah, totally. I I, I, I do uh, concur and I get with that. I guess the, the, the comment I sort of made to you is is that this would not be the first time that there has been cheating in sport. There's plenty of other codes out correct, there. All correct. kinds of stuff tends to go on. Yes. It seems to me as... as, as, as an, like oh, soccer uh, players who look like shot ducks as they as they trip over a leg that's 13 feet away. Well, you know, I look at it from from an outsider. I'll, I'll paint myself as an outsider here because I'm, I'm I'm not the the, the you paint yourself that way. Or you actually are. I'm just I'm just not into my sports as much as as most people. Um, so why why is it different with cricket? Why why do we hold cricketers to a higher standard? It's fi- well, you know, it, it kind of comes down to the very the, the phrase we have for something that's not okay is it's just not cricket. Mm-hmm. That's kind of you know, for for centuries it has been the gentleman's game, the game that kind of was above this sort of rubbish. You know, mm-hmm. yes, there's cheating in. Most other sports, but but cricket. I mean, there's always cheating some degree in cricket, but for the most part, it was perceived by the team and by the public as something that was kind of almost the better the better part of ourselves. It was it was the sport that kind of you know we cling to as our national sport and say we're proud of these people. That's what we want to be doing. Okay, so so WTF, my friend, in terms of <laughs> what draw, the fool? What yeah, what the fool? What 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 is what has that got to do with uh, money and Nothing. finance? No, I just and want to talk about. It. I, I'm just I'm, I, I I tweeted at. Length on the weekend about it. I'm still unhappy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try for you. There, there is a business. I'm gonna try for you. Um, (laughs) I I would. There is in business. There is all kinds of cheats Mm -hmm. that happen all the time. Yes, ma'am. And you cheat because you hope to get an advantage. Yep. And you know, at the end of the day, everyone's out there trying to make money. If if you can do it, and you could rationalise to yourself (laughs) that there's very low risk of getting caught, getting a bit of an edge, you know. So, A, I guess the question is, is there cheats in the corporate space? And let's keep this confined to the ASX, so yes. the listed companies out there. Are there companies out there that cheat? Um, how and, and how prolific is it and how much of an advantage do they get? And listen, just in case you think I'm going to name some companies and then spend the next couple of years fighting defamation lawsuits, I'm not going to do any <laughs> of those things. Look, they're, they're, you know, they're, of course there is cheating. There is cheating in terms of what the companies do, mm-hmm. how they cooperate, how they operate, mm. but also what they choose to tell or not tell the ASX. And I think... Yep. You know, we, we'll get into that a little bit further in our mailbag, but 
the, the key thing I suppose is we have to accept, uh, to your point about cricket, we've kind of always pretended to some degree, hoped maybe to another degree, there was no cheating in cricket. There is absolutely cheating, dishonesty. Um, filthy lucre is, has got a very, very strong appeal, yeah, right? And so yeah. if you think you can get an edge over your competitor by doing something that's at one extreme slightly unethical, the other extreme completely fraudulent, yeah. um, I guess you'll do it if you can raise money on the ASX by, by floating a company that you think you can create some appeal from. If there's ways of, of bending, stretching and otherwise distorting the truth, hey, why wouldn't you? And I think that's... That's the challenge for most investors. No, Very few companies come out and say, and we talked about this last week to some mm, degree, mm. most companies don't come out and say, actually, you know what, things are pretty crappy at the moment, but we'll get better. Yeah, They're always kind of trying to spin it as hard as they possibly can to highlight the best parts of it. So I wouldn't say that necessarily, in fact, ball tapping is probably a good good analogy for corporate cheating because mm. it's not straight out. You're not, you're not somehow paying off a bookie. You're not trying to you know, do something horribly, horribly underhanded and mm. really kind of um, distinctly, obviously, significantly cheating. Mm. It's just that little edge you want to try and get by just doing a few things, not quite the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. And to some degree, that's kind of ball tampering. You rough the ball up a little bit, maybe it swings, maybe it mm. doesn't. Mm. Uh, in South Africa, they didn't have much an opportunity, didn't do much for them at all. But you kind of you kind of try and just to, just to move around the edges a little bit, try and keep a bit inconspicuous, just distort things enough to have things go your Mate, way. That sounds like a very slippery slope. <laughs> I, I, my, my two cents are, are this. I, I think there is absolutely... Uh, all kinds of chicanery in our industry, and, yep. and not even when you go outside of the companies themselves in the finance space, you know, <laughs> yeah, there is that. brokers and stuff. And it's ve it's very telling because I, I think common sense will tell you there is enough there's enough vested interest, mm. there's enough money to be made, there's enough participants that just the law of large numbers that yeah. there will be all kinds of dodgy stuff going right, right. going on. But what's what's fascinating is that when you actually look at successful prosecutions from ASIC, mm -hmm. we can all name Rene Rifkin. Yes. Who else? Oloba Curtis. Uh, 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 yeah, okay, right. So, okay, yep. I, I would challenge you to name five, <laughs> yeah, right? No, I can't do and it. And there are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of actors on this stage. Yep. Yep. So, so you know, again, we can get into the debate of how uh, how much um, claws and teeth ASIC have, how right, effective right. their prosecutors or, or just how difficult it is. But I, I stand back from all of that. And and the, the point that I, I tend to make is because I, on more than one occasion, in fact, mm -hmm. more often than, than I would expect, I, I do get a lot of people, you know, when I'm sort of preaching, investing in the market <laughs> and stuff, you know, a, a lot of my mates will go, yeah, but it's all rigged. Right, right. And and it's hard to sort of turn around and go, oh, no, you know, these, these are all holy. There's never <laughs> anything, yeah, you know, because yeah. there, obviously there is to some extent. But but again, yep. I come back to this idea of it's not that it doesn't exist. It's 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 how pervasive it is. And I think, I think it's right. a very, very small um, percentage. Yeah. And beyond that, it's kind of even if it's true, does that mean you don't do it? So let's say right. there's there's cheating in cricket, which evidently there is. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you just stop watching or playing cricket altogether? Does that mean that you don't let you know little Timmy play cricket on the week? I mean, it, right, it gets right. stupid, right? The, the game itself is worth playing, despite the fact some people aren't doing it necessarily all right all the time. It doesn't have to be all right all the time to do it. And again, right. this this is uh, there'll be people listening to this saying, "Wow, two guys who work in the markets rationalising <laughs> why there's a bit of dodginess there, but it's still okay." And 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 we're not saying that, but for, I, for I, one week, cricket looks worse than the markets, which is kind of something, which is right? nice, right? <laughs> but but it, you know, I, I think you have to keep it in in perspective, and you yep. have to assume that more often than not, the right thing is being done. Yep. And I, I would also say that the the although the incentives are there to cheat, 
the, the you know we our stock and trade is risk versus reward that yep. that is what we do yep. as, as as investors and i would say that you tend to get and again i'm really i'm really struggling not to mention some names because there's been some high Please profile don't. examples lately <laughs> if you do as the general I'm manager Phillips, of the he's Andrew Pool, Page exactly. you very you very clearly <laughs> said don't mention certain names so i won't i i would um, really rather not spend the next 2 years trying to fight legal action no, for that I, I i totally get it but 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 my, my what is fascinating and people will i'm sure can can guess at some of the names we we might be referring to but what advantage that they had from doing things that were allegedly uh, improper. improper was very short term yeah. and absolutely has done far more harm than good. So yeah. again, you come back to this risk versus reward. Was it worth it? Actually, probably not. That's and always the thing. I, all of these things, you know, was it obviously in hindsight, was it worth trying to scuff up the ball in a cricket game and get a little bit of advantage compared to the 12 months out of the game and reputational yeah. complete trashing they've had? Yeah. It's never worth it. No. I, I'm astounded by the amount of jail time people are prepared to risk to make a relatively small amount of money. It's yeah. like very, very few people are that hard up. It's yeah. worth spending a couple of years at a Majesty's pleasure for the sake of trying to get a few a few grand out of out of someone's back pocket. Yeah. It's, well, it's not worth we it. We find ourselves very occasionally in that 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 situation where Careful. you kind Explain of this clearly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, okay. So we when, don't find ourselves in that position at all. Well, look, however, as, as as an advisor, you yeah. know you you know what you're going to be recommending next next week, next right. month, whatever. Right. And on more than on 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 some more than occasionally, that will create a bit of a pop in the market. Yeah. And you could look at that and you could say, hey, maybe I could buy some shares. I could front run that. And it's like very, very- It could be tempting. Very, very clearly illegal. And, yep. and you know, it, it, over a beer, a mate has met, sort of jokingly mentioned that at time. You kind of think, yes, I get the point, but let's let's consider risk <laughs> versus reward. I might make, you know, two, three percent. Right, right. Or I spend the rest of my life in jail. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. Uh, it's it's not it's not even something I'll consider. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a couple other quick uh, tangents too. I think that, you know for cricket, the broadcast rights is, is a really big thing, and you think about the impact potentially from nine, ten, and anybody else who wants to bid for these rights mm. come at exactly the wrong time. It was only last Friday. Cricket Australia sent them away and said, come back with a new number. Yep. i got to say, after the weekend, they're probably coming back with a lower number now. And CA is really not in a position to say no. Um, that's important. And then, obviously, the sponsorship thing, too. We know that Steve Smith yeah. was sponsored yep. by the likes of Sanitarium and New Balance and others. Sponsoring a cricket player is great when things are going well. Lots and lots of good, you know, kind of halo effects from that. When things go badly, Sanitarium can't get him off their advertising quickly enough. And so, yep. you know, again, thinking about the role in business of, of sport, when you think about who your ambassadors are, your brand ambassadors, mm. the way you go about doing it, the money you're spending, mm. that's, the, that's the second edge of the sword, if you like, is things go well when they go well. When they go badly, they can go catastrophically. Mate, there's a very well-known octogenarian that we are fond of quoting. <laughs> and uh, one, of the, one of the things that... Don't um, call him Mr. Buffet. Mr. Buffet oh, uh, likes to say is that, you know, reputation, it takes a lifetime to build and five, five minutes, minutes to destroy. destroy. And, you know, yep. your, your brand, your reputation is so valuable that, uh, you know, frankly, I think if you're, if you're silly enough to try and, um, you know, mm -hmm. use that in an improper way to gain a tiny advantage, you know, you deserve all of the misfortune that comes your way. The second half of that quote is... And if you think about it, you'll do things differently. Yes. And yes. that's the key. Yes, absolutely. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Okay, mate, let's talk about... Let's let's get let's get From really exciting here. <laughs> let's talk about company tax. Come so on. that's more exciting than cricket, surely. So well, the, the, yeah, actually, I, I, <laughs> in, in this instance, I'll agree with you. Um, so so 
Uh, corporate rate of tax mm-hmm. in Australia, 30%. Yes, sir. It was 36, wasn't it? Uh, oh, way back in the day. Way yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And, and 80s, I want to say, or the 80s. Yeah. And, and, and the idea, and so the, the government was sort of floating this idea of let, let's reduce it with 25%. 25, yes. And the in argument, four years' time, it was going to kick in. And right. And the argument goes like this, is that we are uh, a global economy. We are. And that, you know, big businesses has the choice as to where it does, where it's headquartered and yes. all the rest of it. Yes. And that if we want to stay competitive, we need to have lower taxes. Mm. Um, now, again, we're, we're, we're wading into sort of partisan territory here, mm-hmm. so we have to be very, very careful. You're more careful than I am. Um, I am. <laughs> uh, the trouble with, it's like the franking debate, frankly, yep. all these things, you know. Frankly, w- get it, franking. Frank, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you, your team, whether yep. you're Labor or Liberal, says oh. one thing, and automatically you jump behind that and without thinking about it, which is which I just think is stupid. And I think that's the same with company tax. So, so I'm very careful to say. Right? It's not actually a partisan debate it's a policy debate yeah exactly people, people draw party lines then kind of jump behind the appropriate barricades and make it a partisan issue in an alternate universe if you switch which oh, party had nominated right it, right you know people's standpoints are instantly different right the gst is a classic right for a yeah. long time it was a labor party policy and then when the libs picked it up labor dropped it labor painted it as the worst thing in the world you had both parties on both sides of that Stupid. argument for, for 15 years right right Man. so so let's let's specifically talk about the policy All so right. I, I guess you know um do you buy into it? Does lowering our, our lowering our corporate tax by that amount yes. cost sixty billion something a year or something? Yeah, fifty six billion. Fifty six billion. Yep, yep. Uh, it's a huge cost to the budget. It might be per year. It might be over the forward estimates. But in any case, stupidly large amount of money. Very very large amount of yep, money. Yep. So so there is a there's the cost. Yep. Where's the benefit? So the the proponents of it, I'll I'll try and do both sides, and I'll give you my view. The proponents of of lower company tax say that. There's a few things that have happened. If you lower the tax rate, there'll be more money invested in the economy because companies have more money left over to invest. They're not paying as much tax. Yep. Secondly, they say there'll be more employment created as a result. Again, because companies got more money, you can afford to do more things. Mm-hmm. Um, some companies have come out and said they would employ more money, invest more, sorry, more people. <laughs> well, they said that. The, Empl- yeah, they said that. the people who yeah. stand to benefit said that they would do all these great things. I'm doing the one sorry, side of it first. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not side. to be sceptical. Okay, go. They go. said they'd employ more people and they'd invest more money in the economy if corporate tax was cut. Mm-hmm. And the third thing, or three, I think it's the third thing, is that uh, is that there's a view that we will keep more businesses here at home yep. who won't go overseas for a lower tax rate, mm. and equally we bring more business here because Australia seems like a more uh, a lower tax place to invest. And uh, so the that, proponents of it simply say that the net benefits of all the things that result from lower tax yep. offset, hopefully more than offset, the cost of collecting lower tax revenues. Uh, at first glance, doesn't seem like two unreasonable um, uh, uh, assertions. Right, and that's that's the positive. The negative side, if you like, or the, the anti, again, it tends to be on political lines at the moment, but policy purely aside, if you have lower corporate tax, you basically are giving up all of the money and hoping you get something for it. Mm. So you're putting a $56 billion bet. <laughs> you know, go, go to go to Crown down at uh, down in Melbourne, put 56 bucks on black and hope you, hope you get a return. That's right. kind of the equivalent, right? Mm. So the, the theory, the, the concern goes, you give that tax cut, it doesn't come back to you. Mm. Secondly- Where does it go? The shareholders' pockets? Well, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and, and so the, the concern there is that, by the way, those who want franking credits from this, the franking credits are also lower. So there's actually no net necessarily benefit or cost to Australia. On top of that, you've got a real um, a real challenge or a real concern about the overseas shareholders, the ones who benefit from this. Mm. Because if you're an individual shareholder, yes, there's lower corporate tax. Yep. You get lower franking credits to offset that tax. Mm. So effectively, as an individual, you're kind of no better or worse off mm. at a shareholder level. Mm. 
if you're an overseas taxpayer, you never got the franking credits in the first place. So you do get the benefit of lower tax. Mm -hmm. So to some degree, we're kind of offshoring that tax saving to foreign investors, overseas investors, not necessarily local investors mm -hmm. here. And again, with no clear benefit, this is necessarily going to drive any change in the economy, any improvement at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's US evidence to suggest it doesn't work at all. The, the, those, who, those who say this is a bad idea are saying there is clearly not enough evidence to suggest it's worth taking a $56 billion gamble that maybe, just maybe, you might have a net benefit. This is where I find fascinating. As you know, I've, I've got a background in science and I'm, I'm, I'm big on evidence. Call, yes. call me crazy. Um, you know, <laughs> you'll never make it in politics. I, 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 I like to be sort of... Um, I like to rely on... Show me on, the evidence that carbon dioxide causes climate change, mate. Go on. <laughs> let's not get Go in, on, let's, scientists. Let's not get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I think you, we have these very complicated things. Yep. And, and when we, the, the, the great thing really about, you know, having hundreds of years of, of data and experience mm. and different countries doing different... There's all these different test tubes where people have tried these things. And again, not stupidly. Yeah. It's a very, very plausible argument. And people have tried it. And lo and behold, <laughs> a lot of the things that are claimed don't happen. So again, I'm not. Tr I'm, I'm trying not to take sides yet. I'm trying not to, to be partisan but yep. but I, I i i come back to the you know show me the money show, show me the evidence that yep. this 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 is this has worked and if you can't then it is purely ideologically driven this and is that yeah. is not a way to run an economy this is the stupid thing about it it is a horrible horrible policy i'll jump off the fence now again party aside i've bashed both liberal and labor in the last two weeks i i'm i'm happily, happily i'll bash anybody i don't i don't care um thug. This is the, <laughs> it's all that thug life dude you know that the, here's the thing kansas tried this yeah. It sent the state broke. The mm. governor was turfed out. Even yeah. people in his own party said, dude, you've screwed this up. We're going back to square one. Mm. It's it's tempting ideologically, philosophically. I was mm. of a mind a few years ago, many years ago probably, if I want to admit my age, where I was kind of like lower corporate tax has got to be good because trickle-down economics should work. Mm -hmm. If we've all got more money to spend, we'll all spend more money. Therefore, there's more money in the economy. Multiplier effects. Right. That's got to be a good thing, right? Yep. It just doesn't work. <laughs> the problem is that when philosophy and, and theory meet reality, yep. reality has won time after time after time. As you say, the evidence is massively, massively in favour of there not being a net benefit from these corporate tax cuts. So mm. I get that people want it to be true. Mm. I get that ideologically people believe it should be true. Those are all fine. But the problem is it, does, it just doesn't work. There is no evidence at all to suggest this is a net positive for anyone other than those companies. I, well, I agree. And and But what I will say is this, um, and there are there are a few black and whites in the world and, and most certainly in, in econo economics and commerce and the right, rest yeah. of it. And while I agree with you, obviously right. where there is, there's a spectrum here. So that that's you, you've got to be careful to say, well, if that's true, then why don't mm. we raise it to 50% corporate tax? Right. You know, and and we'll just get more money for the government, and and you know there'll be more services, and we'll yeah. all be better. No, that's that's patently absurd. So mm -hmm. you, you have to be careful not to go too far to one side because yep. extremes are always difficult. Yes. So there is there is a middle ground in there, and yep, I, 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 I I would I would probably say we've we've been running for a long time with this this current rate of tax. Yeah. Thirty percent is not too onerous. It seems as though the country, our living standards, and that have been really great phenomenally good in yeah, fact yeah. crazily good <laughs> like we are the envy of the world yeah. so it, there's almost the case of it ain't broke don't fix it right let me also throw this one out there'll be people who are listening to us now saying you guys are investors why the hell would you not want to have company tax lower because there'd be more money in our pockets that's absolutely true I'm absolutely arguing in the short term against my own interest yeah. if the tax rate was cut tomorrow and I got five percentage points more profit, dividends, everything else, mm. I'm richer. That's a great thing. Mm. What people miss is the economy works on consumer spending. Mm. And we know this is one of the great things about economics. We know this, as you say, from evidence. People on lower incomes who get more money are going to spend all of that money. Yeah. 
take Rupert Murdoch, right? If he gets an extra 15 bucks in his back pocket, he's not going to go and spend that one. He's going to pile it up in his swimming pool of cash, like mm-hmm. uh, Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, McDuck and, yeah. and go swimming through it. And that's fine. Yeah. He's entitled to do that. Yeah. But the reality is a dollar that's given back to somebody, if it goes into the economy, it creates more wealth, the multiplier effect you yep. talked about. Mm. If it doesn't, if it goes to already wealthy people and don't spend that money, now you can argue on a theoretical level they're entitled to it. You have those kind of conversations. Mm. That's all one thing. Mm. But from a purely economic perspective, I'd actually rather a healthy functioning economy that is worth more to me as a long-term shareholder than a couple of points off tax. And so if you're going to take money out of the economy or put it back in, I'd much rather be put back in, frankly, in something that stimulates consumer spending, not that fills the back pockets of shareholders, because that's a one-off gain. Mm. The multiplier effect, not only in the economy, across the economy, but across the years of money being put back into the economy, that's what makes the world go around. That's what earns me more money. So frankly, as a shareholder, you're damn right I'm, I'm biased. Mm. I'm biased towards more economic activity, not a higher percentage of the profit I get to keep. Ford, Henry Ford, uh, the man, had uh, I was quite revolutionary, and he said, in fact, still um, considered revolutionary today, yeah. in, in that he he advocated for giving all of his workers a, a much bigger salary. Yeah, right, exactly. He didn't need to. Yeah, like yeah. you know, he had all the bargaining power, mm. and I was like, crazy. I mean, that's going to hurt your margins. Until he made the very astute observation that you know this this is you know, a huge workforce. It's like, yeah. well, they they are also my customers. They're not just exactly my. Right. So it is actually making people wealthier, which means they're more likely to buy more yeah. cars. And yeah. so he was he wasn't doing it for altruistic reasons. He was doing it to make more money. Who do bullish shareholders think are going to shop in their stores? Exactly. So there's there's that. <laughs> yeah. and, and one more thing before we move on that I would I would like to mention is another another well known, well studied, well described phenomena is mm. this race to the bottom. Yeah. So we say, oh. well, Ireland is on whatever Ireland's on, much lower. Um, you know. <laughs> The Cayman Islands is on zero, you know. Right, right, right. So we need to be more competitive. So let's lower ours. Like, and let's say we do. Let's say we go to twenty percent. Well, there's always going to be someone lower. If everyone mm. is going to trend to the average, yeah. by definition, the average itself gets lower. <laughs> right, exactly. And we get to a point where no, I mean, you just, if you yeah. take it to its logical zero is the only conclusion, point that yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. that, and in fact, it goes negative, and we start paying companies. You know, so it's <laughs> it's it's you you have to be careful. And, and economies and markets, um, there's a there's a a phenomenon of equilibrium. Things things change, a new equilibrium is reached, mm-hmm. and we're all about the same as where we were. And then, you know, it just it doesn't it it's not like these are lasting gains that we continue to benefit from. Mate, can I put a line under this by quoting again your favorite, our favorite octogenarian? Yes. You know what the thing so this isn't oh, I, love, I love this quote. I so so tax is paid not mm-hmm. on revenues, mm-hmm. not on costs, mm-hmm. but on profits. Yeah. If you don't make any profit, you don't pay any tax. Yeah. Tax isn't a burden. So Buffett says, in the meantime, maybe you'll run into someone with a terrific investment idea who won't go forward with it because of the tax he would owe when it succeeds. <laughs> Send him my way. Let me unburden him. That's so good. Isn't if you're going to make money doing something, if the- I could make 20% through this investment, but wait, then I'd have to pay tax on it. No, I'm not interested. I wrote an article last week and said, if, if you'll make $10 profit, currently you've got to pay three bucks of tax. Mm-hmm. If you had to pay $2.50 in tax instead, mm. Are you telling me there's something you would do for seven dollars fifty, but not do for seven bucks? Yeah, I'm not interested at it seven. Is, yeah, it is. I, that, that that alone is enough. Let alone the the physical experience that we had around the world. That alone is enough to say that's clearly, obviously stupid. If you wouldn't do it for seven, but you do it for seven fifty, then frankly, you don't deserve to be in business. Yeah. Get more motley fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple m. Mate, let's open the mailbag. Oh, let's. We let's, have a sound effect for that. Let's, let's, we have a sound effect for that sometime. What does now? What's a mailbag sound like? Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking kind of a. Is it ripping open a letter or is it shaking the bag of mail? Or there's got to be. 
There we go. It's the best I can do at short notice, guys. That's pretty that, bloody impressive. That is why you are on the big bucks, my see, friend. See, see, proper podcast, we'd actually have planned this out at ahead. Uh, Dr. Daniel Lewis, he sent us a message a while ago, so we're, we're sorry, Daniel. It's, yeah, sorry, it's taken mate. us a while to get round to it this has. one. Um, he's, he's, he's basically saying, what do you look for in company announcements? And oh, hang, company hang, hang, hang on, hang on. He doesn't just say that. Oh, okay. So, oh, mate, you... you <laughs> this is more for you than for anyone else. He says, your first PS was great and very useful. Congratulations. Not easy to make the complex simple. Hi, hi. So we did a good job. Thanks, a- Daniel. Andrew is better than Scott. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, other idea- Only one of those two statements was true. What do you look for in company announcements and company... And that is a big question, yes. but, it's an, but it's an excellent one. Yes. Uh, what say you? So he also then asked, do you consider asset allocation? So I was getting bigger rather than smaller. So here's the thing. I think the first thing we talked about this last week, the first thing I look for is candor. Mm. So if I can find a CEO and a board who are being honest about the good and bad stuff, that's a massive, massive green tick. Yep. That tells me that I'm going to know when the, when things are going well, when things are going badly. I'll call that Sol Pats, uh, Washington H. Sol Pattinson as an example of this. Robert Milner and the team there are really, really positive in terms of they report normal profit mm. and lots of companies report underlying and management earnings and all sorts of weird stuff. Their reported profit is always exactly what it says. Yeah. Um, the, the regular profit, sorry, I should say. And it's sometimes it's higher than reported numbers, sometimes it's lower. They are absolutely... Uh, uh, you know, dead on every time to report exactly the information that they believe we need to know, and that's really positive. So candor is number one. Second thing, I think we're looking for, for me, I'm looking for growth, and that's growth in sales and growth in profit. Mm-hmm. Some degree that's almost more important than the actual level of profit in a given period of time. Yep. So we recommended Flight Center a while ago at Share mm-hmm. Advisor. It had a couple of tough years profit-wise, but it was still growing that top line. It was more relevant to more people for more time. Mm. And so one of the, I mean, we could talk about the things we look for. Of course, we look for profit. We look for profit margins, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so a big, I'll assume, big that, I'll assume yeah, that's taken yeah. right, as, as read. But one of the things that the lesser looked at things is, is the company being more becoming more relevant to more people over time? That, to me, is a sign of a growing business that is going to have more customers and more revenues in years to come. And as long as they don't completely screw it up or the industry economics go terribly, that should lead over time to more profit. Um, my my answer will be to do – I think it's, it's very hard um, in our gig to dissociate yourself from the share price and yeah, quarterly results point. and all of that kind of stuff. But, I, you know, again, just to take it back to a very basic common sense level – I want to be told the forget about the share market. I mean, just take get that out of your mind altogether. If I own this business outright, and I'd employed a CEO and some right. professional executives to run it on my behalf, mm-hmm. and you know I'm going to spend most of my time on the golf course or my super yacht or whatever rich people do, um, I'll find out one day. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> At this, this stage, I can only guess. <laughs> whatever they do, playing and, computer, yeah, I'm playing computer games, um, and and I'd want to know. What do I need to know in terms of the health of my business, yeah. the prosperity of my business, the long-term um, trajectory of my business? Mm-hmm. I'm not that concerned about what you think is going to happen next quarter or as to, right. you know, if, if there was a contract won or lost, that's important. I'd like to know that. But more as to why was that? Is, is our product becoming less relevant, more relevant? Mm-hmm. What is it that our, that our competitors are doing that we are not doing? It's, the, it's these big questions that I would yep. want to know that you guys have a good handle on yeah, the business. Um, rather than what earnings might do short term and what impact that might have on the share price, or even worse, what they've done historically, which doesn't necessarily bear any impact on the future. Yeah, yeah. No, so look, that's, uh, I, we've only scratched the surface there, Daniel. But but hopefully, it's it's, it's important. I mean, everyone talks about earnings per share and profit. And those things we we wouldn't exclude those. Of course, we just try yeah. to bring you something a little bit different. If you're looking at, at statements and trying to think about what else should I look for, those are our answers. Yeah, I mean, it comes up a lot when, when people so people mm. get especially in this data rich world that we live mm. in. It's like what ratio should I look at? Yeah. You know, what 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 charting package? 
you know, all this kind of yeah, stuff. Right. And I think just always bring it back to the basics and, yep. and, and remember that if you, you know, it, you might not understand how a very complex, large multinational works, mm. but most people will get how a lemonade stand works. And it's really not that different in essence. You know, it, it's just one is a little bit more complicated, <laughs> but the essence of it is the same. So and making making cars is kind of like making lemonade. Basically. Just squeeze some lemons. You've got, and... you've got costs. Yeah. You, you've got inputs. Yeah. Um, you've got sales. Uh, and you've got something left over at the end of it. If and life hands you car parts, make lemonade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, we've got another uh, uh, John, long-term listener. Um, yes. Uh, at John Verp one. Um, thanks for the question, John. It's more of a more of a, a comment really than a than a question. It's kind it's of a cool comment too, which is why we thought we'd bring it up. Really cool one. Um, he knows, as most listeners do. I'm a bit of a fan of Elon, <laughs> and he goes. Uh, so, so sorry, just for, for everyone else who doesn't love. Elon. Who is Elon again? Elon Musk. He's the founder and CEO of Tesla and SpaceX. Okay. And also a few other companies, Boring, Neuralink. The recipient Very cool of your dude. man crush. Very cool dude. Uh, he's making the world a better place. And Mars, as it turns out. Uh, <laughs> Bromance. Uh, Bromance right here. So, so um, oh, I've lost my spot now. John, forgive me for where, where I'm not sure where the quote came from, but he's pasted this in. As a reality check, Tesla is worth twice as much as Ford uh, based on an <laughs> enterprise value. Yet Ford made 6 million cars last year yep. at $7.6 billion profit. That's pretty good. Not bad. Tesla yes. made 100,000 cars and they lost $2 billion doing it. <laughs> and Tesla's worth twice as much. This is from Thompson. Yep. Further, Ford has $12 billion in cash. Yes. A nice buffer there for a rainy day. Yes. While Telstra is expected Tesla. to run out of money. Te sorry. Did I say tel <laughs> Telstra? Tesla is, run is, is, is likely to run out of money in the next three months. I've never seen anything so absurd in my career. Yes, that was a fund Discuss. manager who came out and said that, uh, that the Tesla was a terrible investment, probably worth zero because of these scenarios. So, yeah, let, let's just compare those side by side. So you gave us the quote. Uh Ford makes made sixty times as many cars, mm. made seven point six billion profit compared to Tesla's two billion dollar loss. Mm. Ford has cash, and Tesla's going to run out of cash. Yeah. That's a pretty that's a pretty stark look. I'm not as much of a Tesla fan as you are. I desperately hope for humanity's sake that Elon is successful. Yep. As a company, though, I think it's much much more precarious than many people believe. What the, what that's saying though, what that's telling us is people are investing in the future as we all should be, mm. and they're looking at Ford and saying Ford's great, it's good. It's making good cars, a lot of them. Mm. It's doing things pretty well. It is the natural successor of, of Henry Ford, the mm. production line of lots and lots of cars. Mm. Mm -hmm. Keep your cost down, do what you're doing, and do it really well. Mm. Tesla is the, the rule breaker. It is out there saying, I found a new way. I think I can sell more cars at a higher margin, mm -hmm. make more money, change the way cars are made, serviced, resold the whole lot, run mm. autopilot the whole lot. Mm. And if I'm successful, then this thing is going to revolutionize the car industry. And that's the yeah. bet that both lots of shareholders are making. Ford yeah. shareholders are saying, Business as usual. This is a decent price for a decent company making decent cars. We'll maintain market share. We'll continue to grow our right, sales right. slowly but surely over time. Tesla shareholders are saying, basically, I believe Elon will be able to reinvent this and other industries. Yeah. And if he can, the company's worth the current market cap. If it doesn't happen, there's also many significant downsides from that. Can I just clarify a position as well? Sure. Um, I'm, I don't hold shares in Tesla, um, and I've got no intent of doing it <laughs> for the very reason that John highlights. In you fact, do have a poster of Elon Musk in your room. <laughs> I don't, actually, but I, I really I really should get one. You really should. Yeah, so I, I absolutely get the investment, and I, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't, I've got zero interest in buying shares. But, so, but I, I think what he's doing in terms of – uh, for society potentially, oh, yeah. and that is just a one. I'm glad there's 
crazy people like that out there <laughs> exactly. that will do the crazy thing because right. it really does sort of drive things forward slowly. Even if he fails, he's probably nudged humanity in the right direction. I said you have a brekkie, mate. I feel like not owning Tesla shares, I've got a bob each way. Yeah. If he's successful, yeah. he saves the world and I don't make any money. Yeah. And if he fails, I can make money with other investments, not lose money, even though maybe we're doomed. Right. So there's, there's something to come from. So, so I would make I would make that dis- distinction. The the other thing I would I would say as well is that the the Tesla fans would actually say and um a shout cult, out to, cult our, members to our to our colleague Anirban Mahanti yes. who's, who's a huge who's a shareholder and, and a huge fan doc as we should say doc we like him. to call him yes um uh, and and he will say well Tesla's not a car company no. uh, it's an it's, energy, it's an energy all oh, right it's, energy it's an energy right. company okay you know it, it, and a cult. it's batteries it's it's all of these other things <laughs> it's, it's the vibe so it's, the, it's the constitution there is a very big there is much bigger market <laughs> opportunity than just automobiles and there's also a scale issue here as well so yeah. Musk's plan is always been from the start to start at the super super elite high powered sports car that only a few people can afford and then move down into the broader mass market which he's trying to do at the moment indeed and so as that's because again you factories a lot of very high fixed costs as as that as the volume increases you get this operational leverage where where in theory Mm -hmm. if all goes well and he doesn't run out of cash uh, and the competitors don't beat him. And the competitors and, don't beat him, and in the rest of it, yeah. there is a, there is a future out there, and not a not a not not a ridiculously um, unlikely future, by the way, where where Tesla is a absolute giant. Where for some reason they are able to attract much higher margins, where they yes. they do penetrate much more deeply into the market, and they broaden their reach by being into 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 very well mm. notionally different markets as well. Just make no mistake, this is a high wire act. Real money advice from real people. Not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Jump out of your car. Oh. And jump onto <laughs> your high horse. Here we go. <clears throat> In the saddle. Well, uh, I thought the thing that I would like to rant on today is this. Th- Investors, us. Um, <laughs> this might be a long one, Phil. Just, just grab, grab a it's, a. it's a real quandary because we've we've touched on this before. As an investor, you are by definition an arrogant so and so. You're that kind of person. I can't help but feel you directing that at me. <laughs> well, I am actually. I am and myself. <laughs> Does that feel better? And myself. That's really what this and, is about, and, isn't it? Because we we have this thing. I mean, we talk about Buffett, and what, what does Buffett say when people say, "What should I do?" He says, "Buy an index," hmm. and and frankly, that's really really most people should do. Really, really good advice, you know, and yet. You you don't uh-huh. and I don't. Correct. Actually, I've got a few ETFs, but anyway, generally I don't. And 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 because we think we're so full of hubris and gusto <laughs> and so self assured in our genius that we think okay, now you're talking about me. Now, that we that we want to buy shares directly, and we do right. that because we just think that we can do better by doing that. Right. If you can't beat the market by the market, if you can beat the market, well. It's got to be a degree of self-confidence, hubris, arrogance in that. Now, obviously, people do. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have to do it. But it's it's kind of like the you know, ask anyone what they like as a driver. Everyone's a great driver, right? right. You know, ninety percent of us say we're above average. We're all above average, yeah, and yeah. and that's exactly the case with investors as yeah. well. So there's this huge inherent arrogance. And, well, the whole industry is based on that, right? It is, and it has to be. It can't. It has to be. You yeah. can't. You can't not be arrogant and and take that stance. So right. a little bit of arrogance is a good thing. I think what what self confidence, self confidence, perhaps. But I think where where it really annoys me is that as investors we 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 take that too far. Right. And what you do is though, so when when you've got a, an investment thesis, you think I like X, Y, and Z. You like to engage with other investors and say, Hey, I really like you know, Tesla for the sake of example. Yes. 
And no one says that. And and again, with all the things that we talk about, people people seek out the confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. They'll hear a bear case. They'll hear someone who disagrees, and rather than hear them out, they will attack them, yeah. and they will entrench themselves in that position. Mm -hmm. And and they 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 start basing these decisions on emotion and right. wanting to validate their you know their their beliefs and 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 look for this confirmation bias, and it just leads to really 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 dumb things. So. I, I would say this loudly, um, proudly, and as, as clearly as I possibly can. When you've got shares in a company, talk to the people who disagree with you. Yep. Take them very seriously. Play the ball, not the man. Um, and, and you, there you go. There's a spoiling analogy. You, hey, nice work. You need to you need to better articulate the bear case than the bears themselves. And you need to be able to give a very rational, clear. You're never going to know that you're right. We, we don't. Yeah. We, we don't have you know certainty in this game by definition. But you need to have a very well supported, rational argument as to why that is wrong. If you're just going to disagree and argue and call names at anyone who disagrees with you, you're very likely to be that person who underperforms the market and probably significantly so. I have got absolutely nothing to disagree with you on that. Hey, whoa! I know. Wow. I didn't say you were right. I just had nothing to disagree with. Uh, I'll take it. Right. <laughs> that, that'll do. There's, there's a line That's somewhere. I, I just can't quite cross I'll it. I'll take it. Uh, we, we are out of time, my friend. Are we? Well over uh, time. We are well out of time. Um, uh, remember, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money Podcast through you your should. favorite Android podcast <laughs> app, or if you're one of these Apple people, then oh. through iTunes if you have to. Uh, and if you like what we do, cult member. please give us a nice big fat five star. <laughs> just five star rating. It helps It helps sort of spread the word. And, it does. Um, we, we certainly appreciate it. Um, um, and if you want a bit more fully straight talk, where would yes. you go? You can go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. And before we finish, oh. if you have any questions for mailbag, we're going to do a mailbag episode sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Pure please, mailbag. Please get in touch mm. with us. So you can get in touch with us at on Twitter at, at the Motley Fool AU. Mm -hmm. I'm on at TMF Scott P mm -hmm. and Andrew is on at Sage underscore Simeon. Mm -hmm. You can email us if you want to at info at fool.com.au as well. If you're not on the Twitters, uh, we really do appreciate your questions. We like hearing from you. We'd rather talk about stuff that you care about rather than stuff that we care about. And yep. most importantly, stuff that Andrew cares about because no one cares about that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> please, please get in touch. Let us know what you think. Give us some questions if you've got them. We would love to do a full mailbag episode and we will sometime very soon. So be part of that and get in touch. Excellent. Until next week, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.